Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to marketing strategies to regulatory pressures. Earlier this week, more than 10,000 registered dietitians, nutritionists, nutrition science researchers, policymakers, healthcare providers, and industry leaders descended on Philadelphia to learn about and discuss key health issues facing Americans. Attendees crowded into hundreds of workshops to learn about everything from cultivating sustainable food systems, to how diets and nutrients impact specific diseases, to the development of the U.S. dietary guidelines. They also had a chance to talk one-on-one with more than 330 exhibitors, including well-known companies such as General Mills, Danone, and PepsiCo, as well as representatives from a broad segment such as chicken and pork and blueberries and dairy about how their products can be a part of a healthy American diet. While a broad range of interests were promoted at the show, a few major themes emerged at the conference that we'll take a closer look at in this week's episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. These include the expansion of personalized nutrition beyond the supplement industry, into major diet trends that are coming to a crossroads, the ever-expanding selection of plant-based alternatives to dairy milk, and strategies to help return the joy of eating to Americans suffering from food allergies. The first major trend that I want to look at is personalized nutrition moving beyond supplements. So most dietitians and healthcare experts agree that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to fighting diet-related chronic diseases. And with epigenetic research showing that genetic expression is shaped by behavior, as well as the democratization of medical testing, it is now easier than ever to craft sophisticated, personalized nutrition recommendations. On the mass market, many of the first companies to move in this space focused on supplements, which allowed them to more easily measure specific doses of key nutrients and track their impact on the body. But as the space and technology have evolved, more players are opening the door for food manufacturers to participate more directly in the segment. Among those extending an invitation is food manufacturer Bayes, which is an evidence-based personalized supplement service that business development associate Gabrielle McGraw explains is looking to include high-quality foods or recommendations for products in its upcoming subscription boxes. Obeys is a personalized nutrition company that where our goal is to get you into the Bayes optimal zone of micronutrients. So we don't want you deficient and we don't want you in an excessive state because there are toxicity levels of nutrients that often happen when you supplement for what you think you're deficient in with a multivitamin. Um, So our goal is to supplement for you on what you are personally deficient in. So um, whether it's omega-3, vitamin D, we currently test for eight nutrients. And how we test your micronutrient status is an at-home blood collection kit. And it allows you to take 100 microliters of your blood from your arm, and then it gets shipped back to our lab where they do the technical assay. And then that those results get sent to our registered dietitians who look at your results and curate your supplement regimen for you based on what you're deficient in and how deficient you are in. And again, to get you into that optimal base zone. And we retest every three months so that you don't you know, get out of that optimal zone and start getting into an excessive state and then you don't start falling under that optimal zone. 
So we get you onto more of a long-term regimen to keep you into that zone. What I am really excited about is we are potentially creating something called the Bayes Marketplace where once we look at our um, customers' blood nutrient status and see what they're deficient in, we not only are going to be offering supplements, but we're also gonna be offering or recommending more so food products. So, hey, you're really deficient in vitamin D, check out th this food product, or you're really deficient in magnesium, check out this food product, try to add it to your grocery list. Um, so you're not only optimizing your nutrition status through supplementation, but also through food, because us dietitians really believe you know, food is medicine and use it to the best of your ability. Um, also, you know, we are also constantly looking through nutrients we can add to um, our testing and supplementing list, but we only ever add to our list if we can confidently test for it through your blood and then we know supplementing it is an effective um, option. I think it'll be more food products because we want it to be an easy one-stop shop. So perhaps you're deficient in these three nutrients. So add these three options to your cart. And even if it's something like add it to your Amazon cart or from Whole Foods, you know, um, one day delivery, all it is is a click of a button, add it to your grocery list, start incorporating into your diet so you can optimize your nutrition status. Of course, we only want the highest quality, highest performing products. Um, nutritious, nutrient-dense foods that would come to, you know, be able to fulfill whether it is your vitamin D deficiency, your magnesium deficiency. Um. The next trend that I want to look at is high-profile diets coming to a crossroads. So as the idea of personalized nutrition continues to filter out through mainstream America and the marketplace, different players are starting to incorporate it, including the well-known Atkins brand, which supports a low-carb diet with a broad range of comfort and convenience foods that are tailored to fit the lifestyle it promotes. Atkins VP of Nutrition Colette Himowitz explains that the brand offers three low-carb diet plans, either Atkins 20, Atkins 40, or Atkins 100, for which the number represents how many net carb grams the followers can have in any given day. This gives people flexibility based on their weight loss goals, current weight and lifestyle goals. I truly believe in in uh, personalized nutrition. It is something for everybody with Atkins and that's what I'm hoping to be able to offer the tools to be able to control carbohydrates in a manner that suits your lifestyle, your likes, your metabolism. Typical menu on Atkins 20 is eggs for breakfast, salad and protein and a healthy fat for lunch, cooked vegetables and protein and healthy fats for dinner. In between meals you might have a bar or a shake. In Atkins 40, same thing. You're still having your four to six ounces of protein, you're still having your tablespoon or two of healthy fats, but now you have to budget 40 grams of carbohydrates. So instead of just vegetables, you can have a quarter of a uh, cup of brown rice, or two tablespoons of chickpeas on your salad, or um, for a snack, a half an apple. On Atkins 100, you could have oatmeal for breakfast. You could have protein, healthy fats, vegetables, and bread for a sandwich. If it's whole grain and it's lower in carb, you're really just portioning your carbs at about 25 grams a meal and then your snacks are five to 10 grams of carb for each snack. 
Um, so it just creates more variety, but it's incorporating whole grains, fruits, nuts, legumes. So this, but the basic pinchel is the same. Moderate protein and enough of it to keep you satisfied. And even if it's vegetarian sources, it's fine. Healthy fats like olive oil or nuts and high fiber carbohydrates. And that's the only thing that changes at each level is how many carbohydrates you're gonna have in each meal. Even though Colette is a staunch supporter of the Atkins diet, she acknowledges that it might not be the right fit for everyone based on their personalized nutrition needs. Everybody's different. You know, it depends on your age, your gender, how far along the disease path you've traveled, um, your activity level, the types of foods that you crave or you eat, even your genetics has a lot to do with it. So one diet does, isn't appropriate for everybody. I wouldn't say low carb is appropriate for everybody. You know, portion control, low fat might be better for an, an individual when, or for half of the population, I think controlling carbohydrates is better. The thing is, a lay person is hard for them to determine that themselves. So I tell them there's subjective ways you could tell if most of your weight is around the middle then it's an indication that you have insulin resistance and you might want to control carbohydrates to control insulin uh, and the objective uh, things that you could tell if your triglycerides are very high in your lipid profile and it's suppressing your good cholesterol HDL that's another indication you're carbohydrate intolerant or if you're on a roller coaster ride, you know, it's like you crave carbs and then you fall asleep two hours later and then you crave more carbs and then you want more sugar and that might be an indication that's better for you. Then you have the individual that has a genetic predisposition for heart disease and they don't handle fat as well as somebody else. The low fat diet may be better for them. Portion control, calorie control may be better for them. Because the studies, when they compared low fat to low carb, in the first six months, low carb blew low fat out of the water when it comes to test results and how rapidly the body responds and weight loss. But over a two year period, you know, it's the same. It's really the same. You do just as well as, um, you have just as good health outcomes, you know. So, so it's a matter of what works for you, what you could you sustain for the rest of your life, because diets are dead. It's not something that you should go on and off of to lose five pounds. It should be a way that you approach food that you could live with for the rest of your life. And that's healthy. According to Hemowitz, a key to succeeding at any diet is understanding what the body needs and having the tools to respond, which are two components that Jesus are missing from the emerging quote-unquote intuitive eating trend, which was discussed at several sessions at Fancy. Another new trend is this innovative, intuitive eating. Yeah, intuitive eating. Just eat whatever you want, listen to your body. It's like, no, that would be great if you were on a healthy path, then maybe you could trust your intuitive sense. But if somebody is, blood sugar is low and they're craving candy, and they go, oh, oh my body wants candy, I'm just gonna eat candy. You just feeding into the situation. So there was a few workshops here on intuitive eating and how that should be the wave of the future. And it's like, not until they have the tools to eat healthy and know the right choices. As if to prove Colette's point, when I told my shared ride driver that I learned about intuitive eating at Fancy, 
she exclaimed that she was pulling for the trend because she's a huge foodie and would love an excuse to eat whatever she wanted whenever she wanted it without having to worry about the consequences. The next trend that I want to take a closer look at is new solutions that are being provided for allergy sufferers. So a less flashy diet that is gaining tractions and had a strong presence at Fency, and which we also discussed in last week's episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, was the low FODMAP diet. As noted in last week's episode, the low FODMAP diet is an acronym that stands for fermentable, oligo, dye, and monosaccharides and polyols. And it's a strict elimination diet that can be extremely difficult to follow. So while a handful of CPG companies like Foddy Foods are making low FODMAP versions of pantry staples, the startup Epicured is taking it one step farther and delivering fresh, ready-to-eat or heat-and-eat low FODMAP meals direct to subscribers' doors, as the company's VP of Sales and Marketing, Jamie Hawk, explained. Epicured is a 100% elimination phase safe, low FODMAP and gluten-free fresh prepared meals. Um, That's like the basics of it, right? The foundation is that it's um, medically tailored, meets the uh, research criteria to be low FODMAP and gluten-free. We have registered dietitians, gastroenterologists, clinicians in the kitchen every day. And here's where it meets the most exciting part, right? Because foundationally you want to know that the food is going to make you feel good. But in order to keep enjoying the food, it needs to be delicious, right? So we want to elevate the status of food back in people's lives who have been put on a restricted diet. And so we brought our executive chef, uh, Danny Chavez-Bello, um, from three-star Michelin restaurants like Boulay in New York, Mel Bouy, uh, to come and create these beautifully, lovingly crafted meals that bring the joy to eating back to these individuals living with IBS, IBD, um, celiac, non-celiac gluten sensitivity, and SIBO primarily. So those are our customers. Um, and they can enjoy over 60 different items that you can choose from on our menu, all of which are non-GMO, antibiotic, hormone-free, they're preservative-free, which is important. All the food is fresh, never frozen. Um, So we create the meals in our kitchen and then overnight get them to our customers. Um, Our customers right now are Boston down to D.C. um, and Everywhere in between, we ship to them. It's delivered to their doorstep through UPS. Um, We're expanding nationally by the end of the year, so that's very exciting growth for us. Hawk explained that a major priority for Epicured is to bring the joy of eating to people on restricted and complicated diets. And as she noted, it doesn't get much more complicated than the low FODMAP diet. So FODMAP, as you probably know, is this acronym that stands fermentable oleo dye monosaccharides and polyols, which is just a complicated way of saying that there are these naturally occurring carbohydrates. Um, they're osmotic and they're fermentable, so they pull water and create gas in the gut, triggering symptoms that for people who have digestive conditions uh, can be debilitating or just make you really feel horrible, right? Um, and because they're in the, these naturally occurring carbohydrates that are in lots of healthy foods, in various quantities makes it incredibly confusing. For example, onions and garlic are very high in FODMAPs. Apples, very high in FODMAPs. For many people, these are very healthy foods and you should and can be consuming them you know, at your leisure. Not so much if you have one of these conditions because um, again, they trigger your symptoms. You can have celery, but only up to 10 grams. You can have blueberries, but only a quarter cup. 
again, very healthy things, and we take all of the guesswork out of it because we work very closely with the institutions researching FODMAPs, like Monash University, um, and adhere to their, you know, quant the thresholds of what is safe in foods for people um, who need to be eating low FODMAP. When faced with so many restrictions, many people on the diet revert to just plain white rice and plain chicken. But as Hawk explains, Epicure shows them that they can still enjoy a wide variety of food. Food is cultural, social, and emotional, right? And we try to bring those elements onto our menu. Um, right now, there are over 60 items that you can pick and choose from. From breakfast, we have frittatas and chia seed pudding and yeah, coconut yogurt parfait. And we have a mix and match sides. So if you want to you know, create your own kind of bento box style lunch and get a side of za'atar grilled chicken with you know, a side of wild rice and carrot puree, which is absolutely delicious, you can create your own kind of balanced plate. Um, afternoon snack always comes around for me anyway so we have things like energy bites we have matcha and turmeric lattes and um, a variety of beautiful colorful smoothies packed full of antioxidants and other you know uh, wonderful superfoods um, and then for dinner we have you know uh, balanced plates things like our my favorite dish um, this is our wild-caught salmon that's black sesame encrusted. It's served with a wild rice and carrot puree and um, watermelon um, radish. And it's absolutely divine. It comes with full heating instructions, uh, instructions to ensure that you know we preserve the quality of the food when we you know put it in the oven and prepare to sit down for a lovely meal. So whole host of options and everything from lasagna bolognese to shrimp pad thai and um, spaghetti squash with arugula and uh, basil pesto. Um, really good, lovingly crafted, prepared food that uh, our chef and clinicians collaborate to make a delightful experience. Currently, the company delivers meals to the greater New York City metropolitan area three days a week and ships down the East Coast two days. But it's also raising a Series A funding to expand the company nationwide, which includes establishing kitchens, as the company never uses co-packers. Easy solutions for allergy sufferers don't always need to be as elaborate as what Epicure offers, as illustrated by the ready-to-eat snacks showcased at Fancy by Sun Butter. According to Nadine Detterall, the iconic nut butter alternative made from sunflower seeds sees a big demand for allergy-friendly snacks, especially at the school level. We find that the allergy space really starts in, at the school level, and so many parents now come to us and say, oh my God, yes, I know Sun Butter because my child goes to an, a nut-free, quote-unquote, school, and so this is what we use, and we're like, that's fabulous. You said, and we get a lot of people that say, well, we bought it because of that, but we love it, so we're, you know, the kid's gone on and graduated, but we still use Sun Butter again. But the other thing we're finding is the whole gluten-free is really exploding. So we've actually come out with a new product that is a sun butter cup on the bottom and a gluten-free bagel chip on the top. They're packaged together and they're available in retail and convenience locations and coming to food service soon. Soon after the first of the year, we'll be in single-serve pouches available in retail. It's funny, we actually... We kind of lost the edge in that. Probably about six or seven years ago, we had pouches up until four or five years ago, and we just didn't have a reliable source for the pouches. So we stopped making them, but now they're just, we get people asking all the time. So we are going to have all of our retail varieties in single-serve pouches. While Sun Butter is well known as an allergy-friendly option, Darrell noted that the brand is repositioning itself to appeal to a larger demographic 
by tapping into the ongoing demand for plant-based proteins. Well, it's funny because sun butter had always been seen as the allergen alternative because we are totally free from the top eight allergens. And all of a sudden, we all realized, wait, the whole plant-based protein thing, that's us. Wait, look at us over here. We have a plant-based protein. So we really kind of changed our positioning a little. I mean, we are still allergen-friendly, but we are a great source of protein made from plants. So why not capitalize on that? So we're showcasing here an allergen-friendly protein-forward brownie that's made with um, sun butter, tiger nut flour, cacao, sea salt, and vanilla. So five ingredients, no bake, it's wonderful, and it fulfills all of our missions, which is allergen-friendly, protein-forward, and plant-based. So we stack up favorably to all of the nut butters, peanut butter, cashew butter, almond butter, whatever, as far as protein, fats, and carbohydrates, but our micronutrient um, values are higher. So we have a somewhat less protein, but we have more manganese, magnesium, um, fiber, zinc, vitamin E, selenium, and the quality of the protein and the quality of the fats. It's a healthy fat. It's you know no different than having avocado or um, some of the uh, um, fats that are in uh, all of your red fishes. So yeah, it's an extremely healthy product. And we have a, if you're in the retail space, we have varieties with and without sugar, as well as a crunchy one that is everybody's favorite in the office. Another big trend at the show that's been gaining momentum in recent years is an increasingly broad selection of plant-based alternatives to dairy milk. The segment long ago blew past rice, soy, and almond, although those remain popular, and now includes all kinds of nuts and seeds. At Fency, Three Trees showcased a lineup of four nut milks that the company teammate Aubrey Lynn explained stand out from the competition for their unique flavors, which include a first-of-their-kind black sesame milk and pistachio milk. So Three Trees just has four nut milks. We do organic almond, which is literally just almonds and water. We don't use any gums or carrageenan, so if someone has Crohn's or IBS, it's not going to bother them. Um, This one has real Madagascar vanilla bean. Um, The pistachio is a blend of pistachio and almond. And then this one is sweetened with a little bit of dates. So the ingredients are dates, almonds, and then black sesame. And that's it. Yeah. So it's a very clean ingredient list. Um, It'll behave sort of like cream top milk because we don't have any stabilizers, so you really need to shake it up. Um, But yeah, it's just clean and refreshing. There's there's no added added sugar, and it's it's delicious. So we wanted to do something a little edgy, and um, we had about eight different products before. Uh, including like a coffee drink, but it was just everywhere on the market. Everyone's getting into like cold brew, um, but no one had black sesame. And the black sesame seeds themselves um, are really high in calcium, magnesium. Uh, it's sort of like a tradition in like Chinese herbal medicine or even just like an Indian desserts. Uh, so it's just like it's a really fun ingredient that has some nutrition benefits too. That really lines up with what we're trying to do. So plant-based, nature-based foods. Um, so that's why we call it like the chocolate milk of our line. The company's products also stand out from the competition for their back-to-basics production techniques and clean labels, which counter common complaints about plant-based dairy alternatives, such as the ingredient decks are long and tend to include difficult-to-pronounce words, or that the nutritionals don't stack up to traditional dairy. Now, Lim acknowledged that plant-based milks likely won't ever match up to dairy milk nutritionally without fortification. But there are steps that Three Trees takes to boost the nutritional value of its products. I don't think it's ever going to match dairy milk without fortifications, and we don't use any additives. But um, 
one difference is we use the whole nut without filtering out any of the pulp. So you get all the protein fibers still in there. And you can see it. So most almond milks will have one gram of protein. Ours has four. Um, the calcium levels are anywhere from four to six percent. Um, so it's it's good for a plant-based milk. Um, and, and we do. We, we're very happy that we're able to use the whole nut without wasting any of the fiber. Um, just because nuts are, nuts are a very nutrition-dense food. And they do take resources to grow. So we feel like tossing any of that is... It's a little sad. With more than 330 exhibitors at the show and hundreds of education sessions, these trends are just a small sampling of the topics discussed at Fency in Philly this week. But unfortunately, it's all that we have time for today. We will, however, include additional coverage of the show and upcoming newsletters from Food Navigator USA, so keep your eyes open for that. And with that, I want to thank you for joining me this week, and I encourage you to tune in again next week for another installment of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. And to ensure you remember, I also encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive and profitable week.